You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. You know, a better podcaster would have just not started recording while he was drinking from a can. A great podcaster would know to edit it out. You're somewhere stuck in the middle with me. Hey, it's Remso, your boy. Welcome to the next ride in the Swagger Wagon. It's 1 a.m. I cannot sleep. As a wise man once said, sleep is the universe trying to get you comfortable so it can kill you. And it doesn't have to try hard. But seriously, it it, it is one a.m. and you, you know it's really weird. I I work um I work basically third shift, essentially. I work one p.m. to nine p.m. So it, it, it's kind of funny. I can't win. I don't think many people, especially my family, really understand what my job is, especially since I work really just from a computer. And you know, being a social media coordinator, people think all I do is just tweet stuff all day. But, um, you, you know, I can't win because I've got the lazy millennial stereotype of sleeping in. Well, if you really think about it, my schedule, me sleeping in is really just me getting the hours I need. Yeah, I might go an hour or so, a bit more than I probably should, but who doesn't? Who doesn't? And then by the time I start working, everyone's already, you know, like halfway through the day and it's, it is what it is. I also work Sundays and I don't work Fridays. So basically, my social life is just non-existent. But um, it's it, it, it's funny when um, when I got back into D.C., when I started working again, it was kind of strange because it seems like since I was making money, I was popping on people's radars. And, you know, when you're making more than like two cents an hour, everyone, their grandma involved in politics starts uh, sending you fundraising emails and everyone's like oh i just need a dollar oh i just need five dollars more to shove it to the establishment and something else and it's just um you you know it's funny because they they always ignore you when you're poor and uh i kind of miss that sometimes especially going into another election right now i gotta tell you this feels great and you know it being in media it's always great because when the country's on fire the ratings are great but it's a little bit more than that. It's because for probably the first time in years now, probably like half a decade, I have nothing to do with this cycle. I have no dog in any fight. I gave up on that a long time ago. And do I lean one way or another? Of course I do. Of course I do. Um, there are people I don't want to see in power just because I don't like them. There are some people I think would, be, you know, be better, but I'm not I'm not giving anyone a dollar. Even people I like, even friends I have who are running for office, um, you know, because I know somebody's going to go snooping on the Google and try and see all the political donations I've made this year. I think I gave like 10 bucks to a friend of mine, uh, Darren, who's running up for uh, state assembly or house representatives, whatever the hell they call it, up in the Banana Republic of Michigan, and uh, it's more so because, like you know, he's a friend. I just kind of toss it to him. I think he's a Republican. 
I'm pretty sure. That tells you how little I pay attention to a lot of things. Darren, if you're listening, reach out. I remember what watch you wear, because I'm a watch guy. But notice how I remember what watch you wear, but I don't, I don't know what district you're in. I don't know what you're running on. You could legalize, uh, you know, installing laser turrets on miniature ponies and selling midgets to the circus. And if, you know, if you told that to me with a straight face, I'd probably believe you, because why not? But um, but yeah, it's it, it's always funny because like right now online, I'm just seeing people just completely go batshit over their candidates and people that they basically treat like you know smaller demigods, and it's always really funny watching it because people will go out and fight on behalf of other people who don't even know your name, and if they knew your name, they probably wouldn't like you anyway because you're weird and you're completely stalking them online talking them up like you're the second coming of Christ. And uh, it, it's it's funny because I used to be one of those people, especially when I was younger. I'd fight over everything, everything. People think I'm scrappy now. Dog, this is me chill. Look, I'm so chill. I'm going to take another sip. And I'm going to edit this out. Here, listen. God, that's some ASMR right there just chugging along. But seriously, like, I'm, I'm going to say a random candidate, and it doesn't matter who I say, because people will get mad one way or another. But like all these people sharing stuff for Justin Amash, I've met Justin Amash. Nice guy. He does things I don't like. He does things I like. But, you know, that's about it. I'm seeing people literally like threatening to end friendships over stupid stuff that no one cares about a year from now none of this will matter trump's still going to be president <laughs> that that itself is uh, gonna set some of you off but i mean i could be wrong ultimately i don't care ultimately nothing in the world of politics matters to me anymore and this is gonna sound you know real um real George Carlin, real, you know, real red pill, real fast. But, I mean, all, all politics is theater. And if you think anything you do is going to have a direct effect, um, I've got some land out in Florida I might sell you. Now, now, am I saying that, you know, nothing, everything you do is worthless? No. Um, you know, obviously, if you put the work in and you get the results you want, change can be made. But I, I'm really asking... In the grand scheme of things, what does any one election cycle really do for you? It doesn't really do much. I had to ask myself very early on, is putting as much effort into a political campaign just to win going to drastically affect my life? Think about that. Say your name if you have to. I had to do that. I, I literally did that a few times. I'm like, will Remso Martinez be better after this election if his candidate wins? And uh, honestly, the answer was always no. For me, it was um, a little bit more pathetic because when you're a political consultant, you're basically unemployed most times of the year. And even when you are employed, you're basically just, you know, stooging around for gas money and maybe a free meal. And it, it got to the point where I just kept telling myself, you know, maybe things will get better long term. But then you start narrowing it down. That's like, oh, you know, maybe if they win, I'll get hired for something. And then it's like, oh, 
maybe if I just do good here, someone will want to hire me for something else. You just keep coming up with excuses, but it's always just jumping from one thing to another. And it got to the point where, you know, I had to ask myself, is my life better because of this? And if you think it's just a melodramatic bitch fest over here, let me tell you, when I was uh, in the Libertarian Party of Virginia, it would amaze me the lengths that some of these libertarian activists would go. It's actually pretty commendable if you think about it. They would sleep in their cars. They would, you know, sleep in people's basements, couch cr- couch crashing. They would just, you know, do anything and everything for certain candidates to get them on the ballot, especially during a statewide cycle. And uh, in, in case you didn't know, here in Virginia, God hates us, so we have an election every year for something. It's absolutely annoying. But, you know, if you're a political like I was, still I am, you, you kind of dig it. But it was just at the point where it's like, wait a second, I'm seeing these grown freaking adults who look like they're possibly homeless working day in, day out for nothing for a third party, and they're asking me and all my friends to give up everything we have to go work for somebody that's not going to care about us a year from now. Last I checked, that's kind of like the definition of a cult, but I digress. I'm, I'm bringing this up because a lot of you I see online, a lot of you I talk to, uh, you know, in and around the neighborhood, you, you all have your hearts in the right place. And the one thing I always hated seeing was seeing good people taken advantage of, especially when it comes to your money. No one ever wants to talk about money, but here's the thing. I don't believe that if you're volunteering for a candidate, you should be giving them a dollar. I strongly believe that. You could think this person is the type of guy you want to leave with your kids. You know, you'd let them take care of your dog while you're going to Disneyland and stuff. So, of course, you want to give them $10 because you want to see them win. But, like, I really do not believe that at all. I, I believe that if you're doing that, they should be extremely thankful. And they should not be pressuring you to give money, nor should you ever feel compelled to do so. Taking a sip. It gets real here, folks. I'm just raw with you. Just, just in the moment. Just live with me. Anyway, so so that bugged me. And then it's like, you know, it's it's election night. And if you win, you get hammered and you wake up the next day and nothing in your life has really changed. Except you feel a little cool because you were part of a campaign that won. But what does that really do for you? Yeah. The bragging rights start to get really stale real fast. And then, you know, you've got the flip side of that. You lose. And then all you just did was you wasted a bunch of time. And for me, I I felt like when I was doing a lot of that when I was younger, I was essentially investing in my own freedom. I was investing in, you know, freedom in like a universal scale. And a lot of people believe the same thing. I think you do that. But I think it gets to a point where when you're just jumping from campaign to campaign to campaign, you really have to ask... Like, is my life getting better because of this? And then, you know, it really came to this question. Am I really investing in my own freedom? Am I doing what's necessary or am I wasting time? Because I, I also had to ask, it's like, what is keeping me from my definition of being free? And let me tell you, folks, 
it it wasn't oh the Federal Reserve therefore I have to stay awake every night and knock on every door and scream and shout and dance in the streets to make people think that my way is right and it it just it it just felt tiring it's like I'm I'm really like like really think about it. The Federal Reserve printing money, yeah, it's it's a harsh thing, especially like you know, for for regular people trying to make their way up. But like, is is anything you do really gonna stop that? Is anything you really going to do stop a foreign war? Is anything that you're doing right now going to, I don't know, maybe make you a better person? Maybe make you more marketable? Is going to change your finances? Is anybody directly stopping you from achieving your definition of freedom? And I'm not going to answer that for you because you have to ask that question yourself. Because in some cases, that very might that very well might be the case. Let's say you want to start a business. I would say that yeah, people that are going to force you to get a bunch of licenses and certificates that you really don't need to start a business, I'd say that's, you know, that's getting in your way. But then again, I mean, there are states out there that don't require that. So why don't you move? I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the, the main focus is like, what what is your definition of freedom? How are you free? Well, you know, it's serious. When it's 1am, I'm not editing out my sips of coca-cola and i've got a notepad and let me tell you i usually don't do notepads because i'm usually just awesome and things just come out of my mind but it's also 1 a.m i'm highly caffeinated and i'm rambling a lot so i went ahead and wrote down five things that will really ultimately help you determine are you free and maybe why you're not the first one is this are you broke think about it I've met far too many people that become these full-time activist volunteers, and maybe if that time, you could have gone and gotten a job. Case in point, me. I'm trying to be a full-time political consultant. Sometimes it's really cool, sometimes it's really not. But I'm right out of school. I have a political science degree, a good intentions degree. My health is crap. My mindset is bad, and I'm doing all this stuff for free because I'm hoping that maybe they'll pay me later. And let me tell you, they never do. If they say work free now and I'll pay you later, they never pay you because later never comes. Later keeps getting pushed back and back and back and back, and it's just never coming. And uh, it got to the point where you know my dad sat down with me. He was uh, on temporary leave from where he was deployed in North Africa. And he sat down with me and he said, son, you're broke. You have no savings, and you're not really making any money. You need a job. And I told him, Dad, you don't understand. I'm working free for this guy now, and he said, well, pay me later. And then my dad looked at me, and he said, you're not getting paid. You need at least a part-time job. And my first part-time job out of being a political consultant, well, actually, you know, it's actually kind of funny. I went back to political consulting after this, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, I, I was a mall cop. And I was making about eleven fifty an hour, working sixteen to twenty four hours a week, and honestly, that was the most money I had made in several years. 
And as soon as I saw that, even with all the, the taxes taken out for stuff, even though I was really walking out with like what, what most people consider like really shit money, it was more money than I had really ever made in the past year after graduating college. And I was like, oh my God, I could be doing this. I could be actually making money. And even with that little amount I was making, it, it really cleared my head and it made me remember, wait a second. It feels good to be able to save some money. It feels good to be able to take my girlfriend out. It feels good to at least have something consistently coming my way. And it was enough that when I did eventually get back into political consulting later, I was a bit more willing to fight for myself. And if somebody wasn't willing to pay me for something, I, I just said no. It got to a point where it was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to be able to make some money and if you really need me, you're going to find a way to make it happen. But, I mean, that's the thing. How many people out there do you know who got stimulus checks? I mean, think about it, like $1,200. Like, that's a that's for, for I mean, for, come on. We're, if you're listening to this, I don't think you're a billionaire or else you wouldn't be listening to me. But, like, $1,200 is a lot of money. But at the same time, how many people do you know, maybe even yourself, who were like $1,200 away from not making rent or feeding your kids. Like that was really the one thing that was necessary for you to just keep your neck above water. It's kind of sad if you think about it. And that was millions of people. I'll never forget. This is when Bernie ran the first time for president in 2016. He's doing a town hall with CNN in Detroit. And this uh, girl, she's like, she was, she was about my age, probably like 21, 22. She said that her dad was a UAW worker on the auto line, the, the, um, the assembly line for one of the car companies. And he had been working there for 30 years and he was afraid of his job getting outsourced to a Mexican or getting replaced by a robot. And she had been working there for like four or five years. And she asked Bernie, Bernie, how are you going to protect my job? And I remember pausing that and I looked and I'm like, wow, she is stupid. She knows that her dad has been there for years and she just went there. Didn't think, oh, maybe I could do better. Maybe I can apply myself because obviously I've seen what dad's been doing for 30 years and the unions aren't what they used to be. And Detroit isn't certainly what it used to be. Maybe I'll do that. And oh my gosh, all this stuff is happening. I see it happening. What's my bet? I'm going to go ahead and vote for Bernie. And if you're like some people I know that were delivering pizzas and yelling at people on 4chan at night, they were also giving Bernie money, which is hilarious when you think about it because that man's a billionaire. Notice, notice how when he ran the second time, he stopped going after millionaires because he was a millionaire. So then he went after billionaires and then he became a billionaire when he sold out. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. If you can't pay your bills... If you are not trying to achieve a level of financial independence, if you are very insecure of the amount of money you're making, you should probably focus on your own self-development instead of focusing on giving your time or resources to a politician. And you really shouldn't invest in them thinking that they're going to fix all your problems. If you don't believe me, there's a giant wall in, you know, the Mexican-American border that you can go check out. But that's neither here nor there. If you're broke, if you're in debt, if you're extremely insecure about your money, 
you're not free. Second point, I mentioned that um, that woman who was working on the other line where her father was, and she asked Bernie to save her. If you're stupid, you're not free. And I should probably say if you're ignorant or stupid, because ignorance isn't necessarily like a real sin. I wouldn't say that ignorance is a sin. You don't know better. If you're stupid, then, I mean, I, I can't help you. And I don't believe stupid people listen to my show because we talk about a lot of really cool stuff. But, like, every once in a while I get a stupid person. You'll know them by the people that yell at me on Twitter, at HeyRemso. Got to plug it. But anyway, like, if you don't keep abreast as to what's going on around you, I mean, that might be part of the problem. I understand that. If you see that there are robot kiosks taking your job at McDonald's, maybe fighting for $15 an hour isn't going to help you. If you know that your family is dirt broke because they all dropped out of school and they're all trimming hedges and that's about it, maybe mowing a lawn here or there, and you think that maybe you will increase your odds of doing well in life by at least getting a GED or completing high school then you're on to something. But when you obviously see the things within your control that you can fix, but you don't do anything about it, then, I mean, that's that's you. You're either ignorant because you don't know, because you don't know where to go to find out what you don't know, or, you stu- or you're stupid because you identify the things that you can do and you choose not to do it. I know those people. Oh, if I if I just did this, I would be better. Okay, why don't you do it? Because uh, X, Y, and Z. It's like those are all within your control. Yeah, it would be inconvenient. Yeah, you'd have to sacrifice a little bit. But like you can't get mad. You can't get jealous. You're making deliberate choices that will prevent you from doing what you need to succeed. I mean, I don't, that's not that should not be seen as an incendiary statement. That shouldn't be seen as you know something that's controversial. That's just a fact. If you're ignorant by choice or not, if you're stupid, where it's definitely your choice, you're not free. Free people think freely, and they think a lot, and they think deeply, and they think, how can I improve myself, and what do I need to do to get there? Simple things. Simple things. But even amongst some libertarians... Controversial. Third point. You don't take control. Much like the stupid people, you're refusing to do things that you need to do. For me, what I needed to do was I needed to take control of my life. Because for the longest time, I was letting all these political critters do it for me. And I was just letting them lie to me. And I was just, you know blindly following them, hoping that my life would get better. And when I would try and, you know, make a choice for myself that they didn't like, I let them convince me otherwise. Some of you were like that when it comes to bad relationships. Some of you deal with bosses like that. Trust me, I've, I've had both. And if you don't feel like you're responsible enough to figure that out, sometimes it's good to have a good support network of people that can see that. And when they start 
worrying about you and warning you, you should probably take that seriously. I had somebody, okay, I was going to sign up for some like multi-level marketing real estate thing, an MLM thing where basically you recruit people and you get some of their commission when they sell houses and you keep recruiting people. So you're selling houses and you're recruiting people. And I let this guy try and convince me to be a, a real estate agent during one of the worst market downturns of like the post-2008 subprime mortgage crisis world. And this guy was, you know, he was taking me out to lunch. He was telling me all the right things, telling me how I'm going to be a millionaire. But once you really figured out what you need to do, it's going to cost you all this money. And then you might sell, not sell a house for a year. And then you have to spend all this time doing all this extra work. And, it, you know, you're, you're your own business, but you're not. And it got to the point where, you know, I just tried to tell him, hey, I just want to do something else because I'm working now. And the guy kept stalking me, and he was calling me, and he was texting me, and he was finding me everywhere. Eventually, I just had to block him because he wouldn't take no for an answer. And I had to be like, listen, man, I like what I'm doing. I'm doing other stuff. You need to go. If you don't take control over those things, if you don't take control that is needed to make yourself better, sorry, but you're not free. Point number... Four. And this is definitely, I will admit that this is kind of a controversial one, but ultimately it, it has to be said. Maybe where you are at is part of the problem. Especially if you find yourself constantly complaining about where you're at. Maybe sometimes you need to move. Case in point, people who live in D.C., on a side note, D.C. should never, hopefully shall never, become a state. Why? Because that's not what D.C. was designed for. If anything, D.C. was certainly not designed to be a hub, a home, for hundreds of thousands of people. That ended up being something that really happened after the Civil War, because people thought if they could get closer to D.C., they would be first in line for anything that would come from the government to the people. Never happened. And now D.C. is what it is. Not a very nice place to live. I know people that love it there, because that's all they've ever known. But at the same time, if you look around and the taxes weigh you down, the cops weigh you down, the regulations, the bureaucracy. If the whole city establishment itself is weighing you down, why do you stay? Some of the most brilliant people I know were the people driving Uber and working several shifts at their day or night job because they were saving money to go literally move anywhere else. Why do you think you have people moving from California throughout the country, especially Texas. You think they like Texas because they suddenly became Republicans and like rattlesnake, rattlesnake chili and guns? No. good chunk of them are liberals. But even they know that if you're living somewhere where it's becoming increasingly difficult to live the type of life you want to live or are currently living, you got to go elsewhere. Sometimes it's going to be hard. But like everything else we mentioned, if you're broke, you're not free. If you're ignorant or stupid, you're not free. And if you're not in control, you're not free either. Last I checked, we had people coming all the way around the world, getting all clogged up on Ellis Island to get to the mainland, 
who had nothing but like a few coins in their pocket and a dream in their heart, hoping that maybe they could get a job working in a factory because God knows that was better than where else they came. Those people were willing to do anything. Shouldn't you be willing to do something? Sometimes you have to move away in order to be free. Whether it's city to city. Heck, for some people, it was just get out of the neighborhood. Nonetheless, move to a different country. Sometimes you have to literally change the scenery to take control. And then lastly, and this is probably the most important one. I mean, I, I, I kind of think that. Um, how do I put this? I don't want to. I don't want to sound preachy, but like. I don't want to sound like those people who are like, wake up, sheeple, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to do it. If you live your life by a script, you're probably not free. What do I mean by that? Right-wing people. Oh, the public school education keeps, keeps me down. Affirmative action keeps me down. Oh, other more elitist coastal people keep me down. Then you have the left-wing people. Oh... The big corporations keep me down. The people of a certain ethnicity or color keep me down. Oh, the, the rich people keep me down. Whether you're a conservative or a liberal, sometimes you live by a script. Even some libertarians. Let's give a libertarian example. I live in an oppressive regime, says so-and-so who lives in Maine, who lives in, you know, flyover country, who happens to live in one of the freest countries in the world just because he doesn't like, you know, the fact that he can't walk outside naked holding a fully automatic machine gun. I'm sorry you're so inconvenienced. Yeah, things could be better, but they're certainly not as bad. If you're saying you can't get far in life because of the Trilateral Trade Commission and the Federal Reserve and what all the politicritters in D.C. are doing, you're just making excuses. And I mean, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm really tired of it. it w- regardless of you know what you believe, if you're living your life by a script, constantly identifying as the victim, and you refuse to take any sort of small action necessary to improve yourself, you're, you're not going to see the world around you with clearer eyes because you refuse to look away from the script. It's like, you know, that saying, think outside of the box. You got to actually really start to understand that maybe you are the reason why you're not free. Because if anything, it's rarely because of other people. And even if it is other people, maybe you put yourself in that situation. Like, you know, look at all the people with consumer debt. You belong to the bank because you charge that card. Maybe it's because everyone took out a bunch of loans and they knew they couldn't pay it back and now they're trying to get away from it. I'm sorry, you took that loan knowing what was expected. Don't get mad at the bank when they want their money. Maybe that was a you problem. Those are the things I listed, but ultimately we need to understand that there are ways that we can improve our life and it's sometimes sacrificing things. I have pushed off moving out because I'm saving a lot of money right now. I've pushed off, you know, advancing certain relationships because I'm not financially there yet. It sucks, but I'm working for 
better things long term. They're going to be better for me and the people I love. I don't pay like I think I've said this before. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't have credit cards. I don't. I pay for everything in cash. I've been very nimble when it comes to my spending, especially since I started working full time. And I'm constantly taking classes online to improve myself. I'm constantly taking side jobs to earn and save and invest my money. I'm constantly learning new skills to become less dependent on other people. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm like the Omega Man and I'm great and I'm rich and everything else, but even though I'm not living what is probably an enviable life, I'm living what I feel is more of a free life. And I can tell you this, if I needed to get out of town now, I could take my job with me anywhere I go. That's pretty free if you ask me. But what do I know? Let's keep this conversation going. You, you know, you guys can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me anywhere. Talk, talk to me. How, you know, do you disagree with me? Do you agree with me? Let's keep this conversation going because anything that tries to help people expand what their idea of freedom is, is perfect. Because ultimately, what, what is a freer, better life for me is probably not going to be that for you. Some people see, you know, freedom as being ultimately financial free and super successful and you're living in a five-story house of maids and, you know, golden toilets and stuff. Some of you just see yourself in the middle of nowhere with a bag of cash sleeping in a tent knowing that you don't owe anything to no one. Ain't, ain't, you ain't owe anything to anybody. And maybe that's it. Maybe free is just not living in debt. Maybe free is getting away from toxic relationships and getting to start new somewhere else. Either way, if it's better, it's probably going to be better regardless. But you have to make that choice. You have to have what people call an HD vision of exactly how you want to live, where you want to live, when you want to live, and why you want to live it. So... That's all I got at Hey Remso everywhere at Remso on Parlor. Talk to you later, folks. Good night. shows and more from the We Are Libertarians network at wearelibertarians.com.